surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. I've been challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Buzzy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Season 2 of Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast which we're aware of that bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism. That is Batman 66. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. And as I said, we are entering a brave new era of Season 2. We did it! We watched a show and talked about it. I'm surprised we stuck with it. Exactly. And now it's become a habit and we can't stop. Please send for help, won't you? Insert laughter so to- like the archer here. And then when I, <laughs> then I say, so today we are watching season two, episode one, Shoot a Crooked Arrow, directed by Sherman Marks and written by Stanley Ralph Ross. This episode originally aired September 7th, 1966. And our special guest villain is the Archer, played by Art Carney, who, if you're under the age of 92, you have no idea who that is. But he was uh, Norton on The Honeymooners, who was sort of like the Robin of that show. (laughs) Well, he found himself a laugh track machine and then turned to a life of crime. He did. And it's amazing. Um, So our one sentence Wikipedia summary says the Archer arrives in Gotham City and begins robbing the rich to give to the poor, but soon changes his tactics for personal gain. That's right, he robs the rich and gives to himself. Which is a really a better idea, if you think about it. It really is. It's just very Simpsons. I like that he wants to, that, that makes sense, but he could call it a charity and still, like, he could give away, like, three percent of the money he takes and use the rest for getting other money and that's that's kind of what big organized charities do he'd be like i don't have to pay taxes either because i'm a non-profit in the sense that i have no marketable skills that's right i was Unless not sure about this episode when i first started watching it i was like this seems like a weird and weak way to open up season two but then it hit like the midway point and i was all, all on board yeah no it again it started off weird uh not to spoil it for anyone because it's the first thing that happens, but we do start off on a warm, serene afternoon on the grounds of Wayne, stately Wayne Manor, where majestic trees are blowing in the wind. And then you just get some doofus with a bow and arrow riding a horse. And it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just come out and say now, I'm generally not a fan of archers as a concept. Like, I feel like they they make no sense, especially in like a superhero context. Like, I like the character of Green Arrow fine, but he's on a super team with Batman, Superman, The Flash, Green Lantern. Do they really need some guy with a stick he can he can pull a string against and, you know, throw it kind of faster than normal? I, I don't know. I'm not familiar, that familiar with the Green Arrow. 
you better, better not say anything Archer bad about Green. Uh, well, I was gonna say you better not say no say nothing bad about Hawkeye. That's all I know. I like Hawkeye's character, or at least the 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 character that they had in the comics, where he was basically Tony Stark. In the movies, he has no character, but um, yeah, same problem. So you're on a team with a literal god, and you brought some arrows. Yeah, but he's helpful. Yeah. Some of his arrows do stuff. Anyway, enough about Hawkeye. Well, Thor's busy. I'll take care of this. <laughs> yeah. Orders of Does anybody... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so inside Wayne Manor, we get Thurston Howell III here not wanting to give away Wayne Foundation money to poor people. Yeah, so Bruce is talking to a guy who like talks out of the side of his mouth like he just had a stroke that morning. And the guy doesn't want to give Wayne Foundation money. Why is this a problem? I mean, I understand Bruce may be able to give the, the foundation's money, but could he just give his own? Yeah, but it's his foundation. And, Bruce you know, is like, what, the hell with your charter. For. You do what I say. Well, he's just like, yeah, so I don't think with the archer running around that we should be doing this. Like, he's, yeah, he's weird. He's a very off-putting character. He is the off-puttingest. Luckily, they're put out of their misery with a gas arrow flying in from the window. So, like, Thurston Howell puts his handkerchief over his nose, but that's not enough to stop him. He, he falls down. Uh, Bruce falls down with like his arms and a weird twisty like he fell funny and then now I'm supposed to be asleep so I just have to hold my arms like this because I forgot to like lay them down somehow so he's got like his arms up in the air yeah it's weird it's like a cat Harriet, Harriet walks away from the gas and like sits down in a chair which is nice because uh, she's like I'm not falling down on the floor I'm pretty old I'm just gonna <laughs> Madge Blake gonna... was like not doing that. Yeah. Uh, and then the next arrow, so everyone's asleep now. Uh, he's got a magic safe finding slash opening arrow. Because he shoots it and it hits a, hits a painting of Bruce's grandfather there in the Yale sweater. And it falls off the wall and the safe behind it just opens up. Yeah. That's a, we should point that's out a here um, the archer's gang. Because they appear in this scene. They do, yeah. But we don't find out their names until the next scene. So I was kind of waiting till the. Oh, next we'll wait till that then. That's fine. Uh, hey, we're on the next scene. That one of them is dressed like Friar Tuck up to the point of he has a little rope belt, like Jethro Bodine. Yeah, and and well, okay, we're at the next scene anyway. So yes, Archer is flanked by Big John, and Friar Tuck. Yeah, Big John, who apparently has some sort of developmental issue. And Cryer Tuck, who's easily 60. He is. And they're fantastic. So the next scene, they're on their horses in just the poor section of Gotham City, just throwing money at them. And everyone's just like, hooray, Archer. You're as kind as you are tall, Big John. Uh, we, like, Lord bless the ground you cry on, Cryer Tuck. And everyone's just like, Hooraying them and cheering them. My favorite part of this was the poor side of Gotham City is basically a farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah, it looked okay. <laughs> Here you go, local grower. <laughs> some money. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. You've kept the wolves away another day, Archer. That's what they say. They're all cheering and happy for them. 
The wolves in the force meeting Gotham City Police Department and their suppression tactics. <laughs> the the police do show up. Uh, Cryer Tuck is doing a like you know Top Cat, the Hanna Barbera cartoon where he's like a cat that's like a con man. I know far too much about Top Cat. It's usually okay. my favorite Hanna Barbera cartoon. Uh, I love Top Cat. Uh, I think Cryer Tuck here is doing a Top Cat impression when he's like, "Gads, we're on the verge of incarceration." Like he's, yeah, yeah. Was, I thought he was doing. I didn't do Top Cat, but he. You, you know what I like about that Top scene Cat. though, more than that, was that they 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 have bows and arrows, okay, but they're not out. They're not aiming them at anybody. They're just hurling money to the people in the farmers market. GCPD pulls up gets out of the car and pulls their guns out. <laughs> no one was... has done anything <laughs> to justify this, but they go immediately to, and now for the executions. Well, they should have, but they don't have time to kill anybody because they get a sneezing power powder arrow unleashed on them. So they start sneezing and then they escape. Which of so course I guess this is... means that that's the end of the cops trying to do anything for the rest of the next few episodes. Yeah, yeah, we've we've made our attempt. Sneezing, I don't like sneezing, so I'm not going out there anymore. We've tried nothing, and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> the union rep says I don't have to do this because sneezing is an unfit working environment. Uh, this is probably as good a time as any to note. Now, uh, Cryer Tuck is played by Doodles Weaver. Is that Doodles Weaver? That's Doodles Weaver. Awesome. I know his name, but I didn't know what he looked like. That's awesome. I had, I had no idea who it was. I'd never heard of him. Uh, but upon reading that in the credits, actually having it pointed out to me in the credits, and then I had to Google him, uh, Doodles Weaver is a pretty famous dude. Yeah, he's uh, Sigourney Weaver's uncle, right? He is Sigourney Weaver's uncle. Uh, he got his start on television on the Colgate Comedy Hour in 1951 he did an ajax commercial with a pig and the and the audience reaction got him his own show that's awesome he uh, he had some famous bits throughout that i read about but i'm not going to recount them here but he did have some famous bits that he was known for uh the show he was given was the doodles weaver show of course why wouldn't it be it was the summer replacement for sid caesar's our show on shows from which our we show got of our shows. brand name. That, that's where we got our name from. That's right. The premise for his show was that he had to make a show with no budget, just using sets and props and costumes that were left over from better shows that were on summer hiatus. Which I want to see amazing. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Doodles Weaver. I know about Doodles Weaver from two sources. One is he was an early contributor to Mad Magazine, so I know his name more than I know his face. But also, uh -huh. too, um, he's come up on the podcast Breaking Mayberry because he was a character actor in the 60s and appeared in the Andy Griffith Show, where they mentioned, and I'll read this from um, Wikipedia, uh, on January 17th, 1983, Weaver died of two self-inflicted gunshot wounds to the chest. Yeah, if you're wondering that is how, exactly. Yeah, apparently he was ill and didn't want to be ill so he uh no no not that two no. to the chest well he missed the first time yeah or it was not a his not a good spot and it was later ruled a suicide as opposed to most suicides where you're like oh yeah 
That's suicide. <laughs> maybe somebody, maybe his roommate got tired of the same, hearing the same bit over and over again. He wrote this book called The Golden Spike that was apparently like going to reveal these secrets of Hollywood. And there's a, a whole thing that comes up occasionally on online, like Twitter and stuff, where people are like, release the golden spike because it remains unreleased to this day. So there's been suspicion that he was killed because of that book. Interesting. I did not realize that was Doodles Weaver, though. That's cool. There we go. So now we're in Wayne Manor again. Chief O'Hara is asking questions. He's questioning Bruce and Dick about the the goings-on. And, of course, not good ones. Yeah. And, And doesn't keep them there at all. So he's asking them like wait what happened and bruce is like there's no no lasting effects from the gas it wasn't a very good gas uh our butler alfred was out shopping and missed the gassing so when he got back he woke us up with some smelling salts i was like yeah alfred realized he gets gassed too much so he's gonna take a break on this episode i like that chief o'hara was probably like now you say it was an arrow come through the window mr wayne can you explain what an arrow is (laughs) Could you draw me a picture? Well, Bruce was holding it in his hand, like wrapped in a in a handkerchief or something. So he's like, "Hey, you're probably gonna want this evidence." And And he was like, like, "Oh, evidence, you say? Sure, and I will." What? What be evidence? Explain (laughs) this to me. We just make assumptions. Bust in the buildings. Yeah. So he's got no idea. Uh, Meanwhile, Alfred has answered the bat phone. So he comes and interrupts and says, hey, uh, you guys have some business in the study. That I'm was like, okay. the early part on this episode where I was like, okay, I'm getting more on board. It was when Alfred answered the phone and didn't even like, he wasn't even making an attempt at being nice. He's like, I'll get him. Yeah. And he had a, he had a stern look on his face. Like maybe he was mad he missed the gassing. Maybe he didn't miss that on purpose. He's like, hey, getting gassed is my thing. He's probably like thinking the same thing I am of, so you're telling me that a police force with cars and guns can't stop an archer on horseback. <laughs> That's true. But when Alfred comes out and says there's business in the study, Dick is just like, golly, and like punches his palm really hard. And it yeah. was, he's really excited. I think, I think Jim was right that he's just like a, like a rabid pit bull wanting to get let off his leash to go attack people. He's probably like, an archer poses even less of a threat to stopping me than anyone else does. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to crack some skulls. I'm going to bite a horse, too. <laughs> I'm going to punch a horse like John Wayne. <laughs> so in the commissioner's office now, of course, we go to the bat poles and slide down the opening. Uh, in Commissioner Gordon's office, he's like, so, uh, Batman, the archer is in town, and he's like, yeah, I know. He robbed Wayne Manor. And he's like, oh, God, how do you know that? It's my business to know, Commissioner. I can't wait for you to tell me everything, because you're a damn moron. <laughs> I'm aware of everything in this town. I'm basically big brother, but I only do anything about it when you annoy me to the point where I have to. <laughs> uh, so this is where they say, so the money that was stolen from Bruce Wayne was given to the poor. And you see Batman cringe a little bit, I think, by that. He's not really happy with that idea. Like, he wants to be cool with giving money to the poor, but, like, on his terms. Don't just come and take it. What are they going to use it for? Shoes? 
He was probably going to use that money for charity. And by charity, I mean throwing it at some girl in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how, this isn't how public giving works. You don't just go out and give it directly to the poor. You have to have a stag party first. <laughs> that's right. Uh, there's a line here uh, that the money, once the poor people found out the money was stolen, they gave it back. They didn't want, they didn't want stolen money. I don't know yeah. if I buy that. Because they were really excited for the money and they were praising the archer before. Yeah. Maybe they thought he was giving away his own money. I don't know. None of that makes any sense. Like, how would they organize that? Were they like, oh, the money's taken. Come give it back. And then people were like, <laughs> you can go right to hell. Yeah. There you go. I just got this money from the streets. Uh, I heard a rumor it might be stolen, so I want to give it back. That doesn't make sense. No. No, it doesn't. But we don't have to think about that for long because then the archer, Doodles Weaver, and Big John arrive from the future with asinine Cyclops glasses. Oh, that's true. They do have those. Um, I wrote down before that, Gordon loves Wayne Foundation money almost as much as he loves Batman. <laughs> he's, very, he's got a little speech here about how, how generous and wonderful they are and how great it is. And then I said, yeah, where did that arrow come from? Because it looks like on screen, it's like, hits at a different angle, like not from the window at all. So maybe they bounced it off something. Maybe that's really the only sure. way he poses any threat to Batman is his bow his bow and arrow don't confirm to the laws of physics so he can do whatever he wants. That makes sense. It's like Captain America's shield. He can just hurl it in any direction. It comes back to him. That's true, which would come in handy here. So the arrow that hits the desk is a blinding arrow, so now no one can see. And Archer jumps out with a quarterstaff here, and he's just, like, bonking people in the shins with it. That's his... I don't... It was weird. It was a yeah. strange choice for a guy with <laughs> a stick. He just goes to town, hitting people in the leg with his stick. Yeah, it was bonking shins, I wrote. That's better than mine. And then he says, the people who returned the stolen money will rise up against you if you try to stop me. Which makes no sense, but okay, sure. Yeah. I didn't really see. Then he shoots a rope arrow to the door, like into the window frame, and it goes in about half an inch. And then they use this rope to climb down out of the window. Yeah. And Art Carney is apparently as in as bad physical condition as Cesar Romero usually is, because he's like, he like slowly gets done off the desk and then slowly goes out the window. Like that man could just right. grab him at any time. Right, but then he's the world's fastest climber, apparently, because I was like, oh, this is a pretty high window. So by the time they get over there, Batman could have just, like, pulled that arrow and had them fall and at least cripple themselves. Batman's like, I'll solve this problem with murder. Yeah, but he didn't. He's like, oh, they're already running away. So they're the world's fastest climb downers. Once they get started, they're off to the races. Yeah, I guess. But then, so then it's Batman, like, we'll hook up the bat rope here to this, again, flimsy windowsill thing. Or he hooks it up to the, the top of the window. Yeah, like the hinge of the window. And I was like, that doesn't seem like, you people are have no idea how supporting your weight works, but okay. <laughs> so but they follow. The and the owl dude's like, oh, uh, perhaps there's a person in Gotham City who can give a challenge to Batman. And Chief O'Hara looks at him like he just shit his pants in front of them. Like, it's this look yeah. of, like, disgust and anger. And then Commissioner Gordon's like, you shut your whorish mouth. It's whorish. 
Batman is a fine yeah, and citizen. And then he looks at the camera and he's like, and he'll never be replaced. And yeah, I was no one. like, well, that's uncomfortable. No one could replace Batman into the camera. Yeah, he says it right into the camera. So maybe there was talk here of this show getting replaced. I don't know. If this Archer guy goes over, we can replace Batman with him. He could have his own show. And then the cast wasn't on board. Like, so Alan Napier as Alfred was like, I don't care as long as the check clears. But then Commissioner Gordon was like, the hell with that. I won't be in this show without Batman. Yeah, he's a big fan. Uh, so in the middle of this chase here, trying to catch the world's fastest downward climber, uh, they stop for a chat chase, with... Yeah. No, they stop for a chat with Dick Clark climbing down the wall. Yeah. So Dick, Dick Clark, Clark lives doesn't in... come off well in this scene. Hey, he doesn't. He's he's just there. They stop well, for a chat. They're a singing group. What on earth would yeah. make you think they're a singing group? Do you often see singing groups just propelling on the side of a building dressed like Batman and Robin? Maybe. I wasn't I wasn't around in the 60s. They would do anything back then, I imagine. He was strung out on LSD. Hey, you guys <laughs> run those hey, groups, <laughs> music. Yeah, he's from Philadelphia, they mentioned. Something to yeah. do with his dip song. Yeah, Philly is a wild place. Entirely possible. They have a lot of I want to know why, why he's just hanging out in the police building. He's probably a really, guest. Gordon does live there. That's true. Maybe they rent out other rooms, too. Yeah, We're not making any money policing. We might as well rent out some space. Look, you can sleep in any office. That's where Airbnb came from, was renting out rooms of buildings (laughs) that accomplished no purpose. (laughs) Uh, So finally, down on the street here, uh, we get the the Trojan Hearse moving company or whatever, the trucking company, which I thought was kind of funny. The Trojan Hearse. Yeah. Uh, they stop and chat with a lady who's too busy eating chicken to really give them <laughs> the time of day. Up with a chicken leg jammed in her mouth. <laughs> and she has to take it out to deliver her lines. Yeah. This strange gimmick. I really, this lady is off-putting as well. <laughs> she is just a, this like an old broad lady. Like she reminded me of Debbie Harry from Blondie if things had gone poorly for Debbie Harry. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they, they chat with her for a second, and then we cut to uh, the, the hideout of the archer. And that lady's there uh, cooking more chicken, eating more chicken. Uh, She's so, my favorite mall. All, all of her activities center around cooking and eating chicken. I think she was the inspiration for Brad Pitt's career, <laughs> always eating on screen. Uh, so the archer says here, we need to get the location of the bat cave out of batman and robin because we need to they got a they got a gizmo in there that always predicts the criminals next next move every that's single right. time they have minority report in the bat cave that's right uh, or a copy of the script yeah so that's the plan that's where we got to get a hold of batman and get this location out of them uh so the lady dials the phone with the chicken bone with the chicken uses bone she's it to, yes. to dial yeah, that's the special dialing wand. Her her fingers are too fat to dial, so she's... Your fingers are too fat and greasy. Please try again. So she dials with a chicken bone. Uh, it's funny, so 
she phones Commissioner Gordon. So he gets, he's on the cut to Gordon's office. He's like, yeah, this is Gordon. Uh-huh. He is. That's where he's, you're saying the archer is going to strike here? He's, that's wonderful. Thank you. And then he's like, hey, this phone call telling us where the criminal will be could be the clue we're looking for. Like, what? Yeah, that's, that's a clue, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's taking, he's almost taking credit for the, like, figuring this out. Boy, maybe we cracked the phone case. call. Maybe called us. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it out based on this <laughs> phone call where a lady told me exactly what's going to happen. I answered the phone and wrote it down. So in that sense, <laughs> I solved the crime. Uh, yeah, it's great. So Archer and his his goons here break into a vending machine company, not the one owned by the Joker. This one's profitable. Uh, yeah, yeah. This guy's counting his money. He's got his rolled up change here. Uh, I like this guy. I like. The, I love this like, guy. I, I didn't write it. down his. I didn't write down his name. Uh, it was on his desk in big letters. He had a big, a big sign on his desk giving his name. Uh, I didn't write it down because I was too busy. His name was Everett Bannister. Okay, Everett Bannister. Uh, he's a black guy. He's counting his money. Uh, then these three goofily dressed white people walk in, and you could tell his. He's like. What you doing in here? I wrote three jive turkeys walk in. <laughs> I wrote, man, white people be crazy. Because they, they like absolutely do. And that's yeah. totally his attitude, like towards them, because they're three jackasses dressed up like Robin Hood. And he's like, look, just get just I'm sorry the coin return didn't work, but I can give you your coins. Just get the hell out of here before someone sees you. <laughs> yeah, the complaint department, go talk to the complaint department. I don't care. I'm busy. And then they pull out bow and arrow, then he stands up. He's like, hey, wait, whoa, whoa. And then he shoots him like three times and like pins his jacket to the wall. And all the, again, tell. in slow motion, because bows are shitty. Like it might have been impressive back in medieval days, but you live in the era of guns. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is, it, that was good though. I really liked this scene. Oh, this scene was great. I love how he's like, look, just get out of my office. I don't really care what the <laughs> problem is. Just go. Which is exactly the reaction I would have had if they'd walked into my office. Yeah. yeah I don't know who great. you are, what you want, but go away. Exactly. It was great. So now, as per that lady's phone call, this wealth is about to be redistributed to the poor of Gotham City once again. So on their horses, this time they're throwing out handfuls of change and rolls of dimes, I imagine. This is but also Batman where we Robin. really get a good look at the fact that the Archer has a whole like record set tape thing of um, cheers and hooting and laughter because the chicken lady is playing it off to the side to cheer him on like, look everybody, it's the Archer and he's handing out quarters and she presses play and it's like, ah! Big yeah. John usually carries it around because he is the most insane hype man ever. Archer says something and he's like, oh, uh, play and it's like yeah it's sad yeah. and amazing it is great the that machine manipulating the crowd with laughter and piped in noise is is pretty fantastic that's what he what he frittered away his ill-gotten gains on was a tape well, full of stock recordings yeah and it's it kind of reminded me of the simpsons a little bit where it's like well they turn off that chase music and they'll stop chasing us yeah 
It was, it was kind they of weren't like chasing that. us till you started playing that chase music. <laughs> yeah, it turns off the getaway music in a way it sucks. But Batman and Robin show up to thwart this giving away money to poor people because poor people aren't supposed to have money. They'll just spend it on frivolous things like food. Yeah. So it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Them's fighting words. So during this fight, we get Zapath, Thwack with an E on the end because it's old timey. Uh, exclamation mark ox question mark exclamation mark I had to spell that one out because I don't know it's like ox Uh. yeah I don't know that was a weird one Uh, whammoth clunketh and thwap with an e because it's old timey thwap this has been your old timey surf kings of Gotham fight words recap yeah, one of the episode show notes is um, that this season they start putting the fight words in between um, instances of violence as opposed to over the screen. Really the only innovation of the season so far. Well, Batman, there's a cool scene where uh, Batman jumps up on the back of the horse behind the archer and yeah. like starts punching him in the head. I thought that was pretty good. They also punch two guys right in the crotch. Yeah, they're savage this time. Uh, they get the everyone all kind of p- piled up together. Then he goes over and picks up uh, the lady with the, the sound machine and, and like, just like you're going to jail too, chicken woman. And she's like, I keep telling you this is my name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Marilyn. That's her name. Maid Marilyn. Maid Marilyn. I didn't catch that, but that's fantastic. Yeah. So now that they've been thwarted and arrested, uh, Batman and Robin are in Commissioner Gordon's office again. And they're like, yeah, the, the poor people use their, their milk bottle deposit money to pay his bail. $50,000. Everyone pooled their pennies together to get these, get these people out of jail. And $50,000 in 1966 money, which I'm not going to do the inflation rate on. But That's how were they poor exactly? Couldn't you just like have each taken some of this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure where they got all that money from. But again, they should have been using that for food, not for bailing out the guy that gave them the money. If you guys hadn't invested two billion dollars in this failing farmer's market, you <laughs> might not be poor today. Don't they see the lure of easy money? Yeah, this is where Batman's convinced that the crime is much like the time when Joker ran a vending machine company. The crime is the allure of easy money, which is not a crime. No, but he doesn't want to see people go down that road. He wants them to stay working hard for, for pennies while he lives in his mansion. That's right. If they have easy money, easier, harder to exploit. Exactly. It's a seesaw, you see. Easier the money, yeah. the harder to exploit. I'm going to have to come up with new labels to separate these poor people from their easily gotten money. Poor? Less poor. <laughs> Give me your money. I will trade you for this sign that says poor. You can have one that says less poor for more money. <laughs> so they also have a recorded statement here from the archer uh, saying he's not going to rob anymore, which seems like an admission to 
having robbed before, which means you probably shouldn't get her on bail. They yeah. should probably just keep that guy in jail and find him guilty. But yeah, I was like, didn't he just confess? It's, seems like an odd defense, but okay. Right. Well, this won't stand, this guy not wanting to rob anymore, because then we can't catch him. Actually, I think they discover they're not going to rob from, he says he's not going to rob from rich people anymore. So like, oh, he's probably going to rob from poor people and keep the money for himself. That seems silly, because, I mean, the poor people don't have, uh, don't have any money. So maybe he should rob from rich people and keep that for himself. You would think, yeah. Once you've got that fifty thousand dollars that they had invested in the farmers market, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and then they did determine that it was he's probably going to steal uh, the the Wayne Foundation poor people ten million dollars that was supposed to go to poor people. So that makes sense, I guess. Anyway, now in the Bat Cave, they're using the Bat File to try to find the Archer. So they're programming it to find anyone named Archer, I guess, and that comes up empty. So they determine that, wait a minute, in some book or some play somewhere, uh, he, was, <laughs> he was called, Robin Hood was called the Earl of Huntington. So then let's punch that into the old bat file and see what comes up. And sure enough, there's an Earl Huntington archery range on Sherwood Avenue in the Green Forest District of Gotham. What a quinky dink. Yeah. So that's got to be it. How are we going to get there? How are we going to determine what's going on? Maybe we need a distraction. Alfred, didn't you tell me that you used to be pretty good with a crossbow and a short bow and a long bow? And Alfred was like, well, yes, sir. Uh, in fact, I was known as the William Tell of Liverpool. And I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, Woo! I had the same reaction. Alfred's like, Butler. why, yes, sir. I'm a killing machine with all weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited because I, I know Undercover Butler's coming. I was very, very happy. This was the best. So sure enough, at the archery range, Alfred, looking dapper as usual, comes up, says, eh, I would like to do some arrowy work. And the archer's like, oh, are you a bowman? And he was like, yes, the finest in all the land. Yeah. Oh, really? Sounds like a wager. Alfred says to the dude dressed like Robin Hood, I'm the finest archer in all the land. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's how put your money where your mouth is. Okay, 100 bucks, let's do it. So they put their money up. They go to the archery range. Alfred takes the first shot. Boom, perfect center of the bullseye. And Meanwhile, Maeve like, Merlin's eating some chicken and watching them and is like, this is all pointless. Why don't we just go down to Costco and buy some more chicken? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we just take this guy's hundred bucks and go buy some chicken? <laughs> so, but Archer has a line here after. So he hits the dead center bullseye and he's like, uh, that wasn't very good. What do you mean that wasn't very good? Where else could he have done? Yeah, I know you're that's about like to the split best the arrow. Can do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're about to split the arrow. I can see that. I know that's going to happen. I know that old chestnut, but. Until there's already an arrow there, he can't split it. So he did the best he could with what was available at the time. So yes, then the archer goes, splits the arrow, then Alfred splits his, and then, okay, I see we got a little game of arrow splittery going on here. The first one to miss loses. Alfred keeps looking at him after every shot like, there you go, bitch. <laughs> I love Alfred. 
Alfred's He's so right. great. He's the best Alfred, hands down. There'll never be a better one. No. So then Batman and Robin are in the underground portion of this hideout, looking around, looking for a place to hide so they can surprise these guys when they come back. But there's some kind of a an alarm system down there uh, tied to the cash register for some reason. So Maid Marilyn is like, hey, 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 somebody's in the hideout. This light like, thing is blinking. Come get it. It's bothering me trying to eat my chicken. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I just uh, push the button there. So she pushes a button on the cash register, uh, which springs a trap in the lair, and they get tied up in a net and lifted off the ground. Uh, they seize Alfred here, thinking he's in on this, and I don't like that one bit. Alfred, yeah. he doesn't seem phased by it, though. Like, he's like, no, no, I'm just going to be going then. And they're like, no. No, I think you're in on this. And he's like, in on what? There's nothing to be in on. I'm just an innocent bystander. Anyway, I'm going to be going now. And he almost gets away with it, but then they seize him and they're like, yeah, come with us for a minute. We'll see. And Alfred's and like, like oh, man. You're a horse's ass dressed like Robin Hood. How bad can it be? But still, I had plans. Exactly. So they drag Alfred against his will down into their hideout. Batman and Robin are strung up in a net. So then That's they... I just want to note, it's a really crappy hideout and a really crappy net. Like, it's the best you could do with no money because they haven't been to jail yet and gotten a warden Crichton uh, bond to make any money, make anything better with. Yeah, or they spent all their money on their laugh track machine. Yeah. <laughs> this is worth $10 million. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, oh, wah, wah. <laughs> so they have Batman and Robin now tied up and suspended, like, they tie them up by the thumbs. They hook ropes around their thumbs and, like, lift them up off the ground by their thumbs, which seems like it would suck. Yeah. And also and it would not like, work very well. Yeah. Like, give us the location of the Batcave. Uh, no. No, we won't. You'll have to kill us to get us to tell you that. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, then we're going to threaten Alfred. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. So yeah, they put like Al they strap Alfred's head into a to a guillotine here. They're gonna chop his head off. Yeah, and Robin's freaking out, and Batman's like, "Well, you knew this job was dangerous when you took it." Um, case to Rastara, so it goes. Yeah. I'm out of yeah, Robin's like, we, we can't let him do this." And he's like, "Well, we'll have to let this this man speak." And of course, Alfred is badass, so he's like, "No, I'm cool." I'd rather I'd rather die than give away have you give away some information that would I'd rather die than do as what this Batman wants. Yeah, basically. So then, boom! They drop the guillotine, uh, and Robin's like, "Oh shit, no, Alfred, that sucks." <laughs> but then Bruce is like, "No, that's a I I recognize that brand of guillotine. That's a, a that's a magician's guillotine. That's not the real deal." So Again, I knew he was going to be fine. You're fighting a horse's ass. Yeah. So they let Alfred go now, kind of. They're like, oh, okay, so much for that. This is where they explain the uh, the laugh machine to them. He's like, yeah, I got it from a producer of a TV show. It can, it can cackle and chuckle and guffaw and everything in between. Yeah, so the villains telling the hero his plan trope here is just him explaining where he bought this laugh track box from. <laughs> uh, 
Which so is then, wonderful. Yeah, if you're not going to tell us, we're going to let you go. Actually, no, slap with the old glove. I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, he almost like, knocks Batman down with his glove slap. <laughs> it was so good. And I was like, oh, a duel. There's something you don't see every day. Batman's uh, going to beat him and then become the king of Spain. Yeah. So they're getting, like, I'm expecting a duel here. But it turns out Archer and his goons that don't know what a duel is. So instead <laughs> of a duel, they tie them to stakes. Oh, they don't know what a joust is either. They, they tie them to stakes and then they get their, their like, big javelins. Is out. Yeah. And they're going to ride at them. That's not how jousting works either. Yeah, but that's that's what they're going to do. That's the death trap for this episode. They're yeah. just going to joust them in the neck. The death trap is a guy running on a horse racing towards you to stab you. Uh, from a really, really long ways away. And what are three of them going to do? There's Batman and Robin are two people. Like, what's Doodles Weaver going to do? I don't know. He might miss. He is lagging way behind when they speed up. I think they also gave Chicken Lady a, a javelin, too. Well, I guess we'll see. No. No, they didn't give her a javelin. I, I just looked it up. They did not give her a javelin. She's just riding as fast as she can on a horse while eating chicken. Well, because she's got to keep the... She's got the the laugh track machine. She's like, I'll jab him with this bone if I get finished in time. <laughs> Colin come on the head with it. <laughs> so then we get our cliffhanger. Stop this foul deed spell fini for the Cape Crusaders. Whilst the dynamic duo escape to fight again, the villainous swine who threatened home and hearth? Take heart, citizens. The answers to these and other pointed inquiries tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. And we're off to season two. Yeah, this is a, not a very good death trap. Although it is interesting to see that they're not like leaving them to it. Like it's, it's like a the villains are going to be here to see the death trap not work, you know? Yeah, we're going to do it ourselves, and then we'll be the reasons why it fails. Yeah. No one to blame but ourselves. Yeah, and instead of like, okay, we're going to tie these jousting lances to our horses, and then we'll put sugar cubes on your head, so when the horses come to eat the sugar cubes, they'll impale you. <laughs> and then he's got like, has to, if I can just reach on my belt, the my bat sugar turner to salter button. Uh, and then Robin's like, up. hurry, they're coming. Try your bat laser. <laughs> Maybe you can fry the horses where they stand. <laughs> and then guess what? As an added bonus, horse meat. Yeah, Robin's always wanted to bite a horse. Batman's like, what's wrong with you? You're always on about a horse meat. <laughs> uh, well, that Everything is the end of this episode. Horse meat for you. I assume they're going to escape this because there's more episodes than just one. In yeah, this in season, season is two. double the length of the last season. Yeah, so I'm going to assume they're going to escape the death trap. Which you know what that means? That means, valued listener, is you get double the enjoyment of Surf Kings of Gotham. And soon, you'll be able to pay for that enjoyment. That's exciting. Yeah. Is this the if anything, this is worth paying for. We're doing the double sit here and watch a show and talk about it, so you can at least provide double the amount of money you're paying currently, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, I love math. 
Well, I guess that does it for this episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at, at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows. And uh, one of these days, we're going to have a website at we're our show on shows. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're going to have merchandise too once I can. Before you're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have sweet merchandise too. That's going to be fun. You can bring your money dollars and give them to us in exchange for them. Excellent. That's how trade well, works. Yeah. I've got the first, uh, the first prototype Surf Kings of Gotham t-shirt. I had to adjust the logo up a little bit. It was a little low. It was kind of like the bat symbol, how sometimes it's like on his belly button and sometimes it's up higher. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine wearing that out in public. It'd be great. Wait till you see it. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Well, that's All right, folks. As well as Talk the you next time. season two. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir King of Gotham. <laughs>